Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Mistakes and failures. Ah, just hearing the word mistakes and failures can give someone a panic attack or an uneasy feeling. Failure brings up difficult emotions, and we end up wanting to avoid failure. So let's talk about why it's important to embrace failure, and more importantly, how to go about facing failure in our lives so that we're not hiding from it and overworking to become perfectionists or to just not take risks because we don't want to fail. So we only do things that we know we're going to be good at. The first way to approach failure is what I call permission to be human. Permission to be a human being. Everybody's going to fail. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But sometimes we create this idea or story inside of ourselves that that everybody else is going to fail or everyone else is going to make mistakes. But somehow if I try hard enough, then I won't. I won't have to be seen making a mistake and I won't have to experience that negative emotion of making a mistake. Because we've had a bad experience with failure, we want to avoid it. And that becomes a problem because it makes our lives really small or it makes our lives really anxious and stressful because We're trying to be what a human cannot be, and that is like a robot, something that just goes through the motions and never creates an error, never makes a mistake, never fails. When I talk about permission to be human, what does that actually include? What do we need permission for? What do humans do? What are they like? First of all, permission to experience all of the emotions, the whole range of emotions, is super important. Humans experience emotions, we all do. If we try to stuff them or ignore them, then we stuff all of the emotions because negative and positive emotions use the same emotional body gateway. And if we stuff those, then we stuff all of our emotions. So permission to be human is permission to experience the whole gamut of emotions. Permission to have a stress response and have your body react to something without your permission. Or permission to have your thoughts just go crazy and have all kinds of thoughts that aren't useful without your permission. You didn't ask your body to have a stress response. You didn't ask your brain to produce these negative thoughts. And so permission to just have them and have them exist and know that's a part of being human. How about permission to have conflicting feelings? Like, oh, I feel two ways about this and they can both exist within you at the same time. Or permission to not be okay right now. Things are not okay right now. Permission to take some time off. Permission to feel joy even when your life is messy and not what you hoped for and not going well. Permission to feel joy anyway in those moments. Permission to have both strengths and weaknesses. You get the idea. There's so much about us that's human that we need to give ourselves permission for. Permission to be tired. Permission to be annoyed by things. We need to accept that we're human so that we can move past this perfectionistic idea that we're going to do anything all of the time or never do a particular thing. Let's go over some tips for how to handle the big emotions of failure. We can anticipate them. We can 
sit with them during the experience of it, and we can recover from them. So first, anticipating. We can anticipate that if we fail, it's going to feel bad and normalize that and just call it what it is and go, yeah, it doesn't feel good to fail. But that feeling also doesn't last long and it doesn't mean anything about ourselves. So as we anticipate an experience that's going to be new, that might be risky, that might involve us failing, we can create willingness statements. What are we willing to experience in order to move forward with this new thing that we're doing? Are we willing to feel scared when we talk in front of people? Are we willing to have our hearts beat? Are we willing to have some shallow breathing and some butterflies in our stomach? A willingness statement helps us anticipate that this might be hard and that things might not go well, but it's going to be okay. Even willingness to fail. I'm willing to make mistakes in this performance that I'm doing, or I'm willing to fail in this area and not make it mean something about me and to get up and to try again. During the experience of an emotion that we have, the negative emotions after we fail or make a mistake, we can just breathe into and sit with that emotion that feels bad for a few minutes. If we take some deep breaths, it calms the emotion. If we name that emotion, it calms the emotion. We can have a little bit of a stress response, a negative affect, a negative emotion, and just sit with it and allow it to happen and realize that it's going to pass. The third thing that we can do with the big emotions that come with failure is that we can recover from them. We can treat ourselves with self-compassion. We can give ourselves permission to be human. We can talk through it with a friend so that it becomes not a big deal because we're not hiding it, we're actually saying it out loud. And we don't have any shame around it because shame goes away when we actually speak it out loud. So we don't have any shame around mistakes because we're just talking to someone about it. That's one way to recover from the negative emotions of failure. Another thing that we can do is to create a goal loop, to take the experience we just had and to ask three questions about it so that we can package it up as an experience that we learn from and then just throw it over our shoulders into the past and it's not a part of us anymore because we've processed it. So processing it is simple. It's three little questions. Say, for example, you made a mistake of saying something really embarrassing with your friend group and your face turned red and everybody laughed at you and you just were really quiet for the rest of the conversation and you went away and now you don't want to face them again because of this failure, because of this mistake. To goal loop it is to ask these three questions. First of all, what went well and why? Well, nothing went well. That was stupid. I made this big mistake. Okay, but in general in the conversation, what went well and why? Well, I was having a fun conversation because they're my good friends and, and I like them. And so that's what went well, is we do have a good friendship. What didn't go well? I said this really embarrassing thing and people laughed at me. Okay, what did you learn? Maybe you learned that it's not a good idea to criticize somebody else because people will laugh at you. Maybe what you learned is that Everybody says embarrassing things sometimes and that you know this is going to blow over now that you've gotten a little bit of space from it. So when we ask these questions and learn something from our negative failure mistake kinds of experiences, we can just call it an experience and put it into the past because now we've evaluated it. We've said, oh, it happened. 
and then we move on and we're less likely to feel so anxious about meeting our friends in the future. Another way to normalize failure and make it not such a big deal is what I call the better than zero principle. When my kids would have a quiz that they weren't prepared for or a test that they weren't prepared for, they would want to avoid taking it and it would stress them out the night before and even if they still had a little bit of time to study, if they were freaked out about the quiz or the exam, then they wouldn't be able to settle down and actually study for it. But usually they would be out of time and they'd say, Mom, can you just excuse me from school? Now, I'm actually the kind of mom who will excuse my kids from school just because they feel like it. They're generally good students. They're generally good kids. And I'm like, you know what? Fine, you want to miss a day. Not a big deal. But we started trying this new thing, which is to imagine themselves going in and taking the quiz and getting half of the questions wrong. So out of 100 points, if they only got 50 points, that would be an F. So there would be this big red F with a circle around it on this paper, and they would fail it. Okay, I failed the quiz. What does that mean? Nothing, it just means I failed the quiz. Let's look at it from the perspective of learning. What things do we learn or not learn by taking or not taking this quiz? We might have missed out on a little bit of learning. Let's take it from the perspective now of passing the class and, and doing well in the class. If you don't take the quiz, you get zero points. If you do take the quiz and fail, you get 50 points. So even if we're used to getting 90 or 100 points, which is better, 50 points or zero points? Sometimes it's so much better to just take the quiz, fail the quiz, get a low score, and then move on so that you can learn other things and do other things and just put it behind you. And 50 points is better than zero, which is why we call it the better than zero principle. It's sort of like intentionally failing. Another thing that I know some families do is they have a little thing at dinner time where they ask their kids, okay, you know, what was your low for the day? What was your high for the day? What was funny for the day? But some parents ask their kids, what took you out of your comfort zone today? Or what was one big fat failure that you had today? Or what was something that you did where you messed up today? And so it normalizes it because every night at dinner, someone's going to talk about some way in which they failed and the parents aren't going to make a big deal about it. Another thing that's really uncomfortable about failing is thinking about how we're seen as by other people, thinking about what are other people going to think about this failure. And so one of the ways to address this is to talk about it, to normalize it. First of all, we can have conversations with our kids about how we actually want to be seen. Like, how is it that you want to be seen? How do you, what are you trying to portray here? What are you trying to be seen as in this situation? So naming it helps them to realize, oh, I'm really trying to be seen as smart, or I'm really wanting people to think I'm nice, or I really want people to think I'm funny or cool. So we all have different ways that we actually want to be seen. The next thing that we can talk about is what we might be guessing the other person is thinking. We have to realize that there's no way for us to know what they're thinking. Even if we think that we know, we don't. There's no way for us to 100% absolutely sure know what someone else is thinking. And so we can just play a game in our minds where we say, well, what's the worst that they might be thinking or the worst thing that could happen? 
then what's the best thing that could they could be thinking or the best thing that could happen? And then last is what's actually most likely to happen? If we go back to the example of turning in an assignment at school, what's the worst that could happen if you don't turn it in or if you turn in poor work that's going to be a failing grade? Well, the worst that could happen is the teacher is going to yell at you and get angry with you or to hold it up in front of the whole classroom and make a comment about it that embarrasses you. That's, that would be the worst that could happen. The best that could happen is basically the teacher doesn't notice it, you get the score and you move on. Or maybe even a better scenario where the teacher says, hey, I noticed you didn't turn this in. Uh, would you like an extra week to do that? What's the most likely scenario? The most likely scenario is that it gets graded and the failing grade gets put in the book or it doesn't get turned in so that you just get a zero in there and nobody says anything about it and you just move on and it's just a, becomes a part of your grade. That's the most likely scenario. Another way that I really like to normalize failure, especially as I anticipate walking into a situation and being worried that it's not going to go well or that I'm going to fail and I'm not going to do a good job, is I just say to myself, this is one performance, or it's an hour of their lives if I'm giving a talk or teaching something. It's an hour of their lives. They have a big, long life. This is only one hour of it. Or this is just one teacher out of all the teachers I've ever had. Or this is just one class in my whole high school career. Or maybe if you're really nervous about turning something in late and you just need to go up there and do it, it's like you can look at it as this is just... 30 seconds of insane bravery. I just go up, I can do this for 30 seconds, and then I can walk away and it's done. And I don't have to think about it anymore. Another way to embrace failure is given by Eduardo Briseño in a TED Talk about how to get better at the things that you care about. And he talks about two different modes that really good achievers get into. One of them is performance mode, the other is learning mode. So a lot of us get into performance mode and we improve in our workplace or we improve at school and then we just kind of plateau because we're just always trying to do our best, do our best, do our best. And we're just always thinking we're at a performance level and it kind of can stress us out and cause some perfectionism and, and other issues. He said that people that really learn how to grow and develop, they alternate between learning mode and performance mode. They take turns being in each mode. Now in learning mode, there's no stakes for high performance. You can lower the stakes. It's not a big deal if you fail and you actually intent, set, set your intention to explore, be curious, and just create this space where mistakes are welcomed. It's not that they don't matter. It's that they're welcomed because you're trying to figure things out. You can set deliberate practice in this space. You can reflect on your performance, like the three questions that we asked in this space. Creating a learning mode lets us let our hair down and embrace mistakes because that's literally how we learn. And then we alternate later after we've been in learning mode for a while to a performance mode because there are times when we want to do our best. So alternating between those two is a really great way to approach mistakes and failures. In order to do that, it's helpful to be able to create a space, to create 
a, a t an actual physical space where this is our practice space and, and mistakes don't matter here or to create a time where, you know what, we're just going to let our hair down here and whatever happens, happens and we're not going to worry about this stuff. We're not going to try to please anybody or we're not going to try to impress anybody. Maybe that's how your home is going to be. And so you can create a space also, not just with a physical space or with a time zone, you can create it by naming it. For example, if you want to have conversations where your kids can tell you anything and you won't get on them about making any kind of a mistake or a failure, you'll just welcome it, embrace it, and not judge it and just listen to it. You can name that kind of a conversation. You could call it the no freak out zone. Okay, I want to have a no freak out conversation here. Can we do that? Sure, let's do that. And now you've got this little mindset and this little space where whatever they tell you, you're not going to freak out about it. Failure and mistakes are absolutely essential to growth. They're a part of learning. They're a part of getting stronger. They're a part of bumping up against the world so that we understand how the world works and we embrace more reality. So mistakes and failures are critical to growth. People who are strong, growth-minded athletes or business people or anyone who's been successful will come back and tell you, absolutely, I embrace mistakes. They're a part of the process. But when you're new to this, they are uncomfortable. And even when you're not too new to it, they're uncomfortable. It's just that people who have been down that road realize that this, the little bit of discomfort that mistakes and failure bring to us are so worth it because we learn so much. We experience things that we never would have before. We try new things that we never would have before because we're willing to experience that small discomfort of the emotion of failure, the emotion of mistakes. And this is something that all of us can begin. We can do this with ourselves. We can do this with our kids. Embracing mistakes and failures promotes growth. And it's so worth learning how to do. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.